Welcome to Between Two Barrels, a twice-weekly podcast recorded at Studio 66, presented by Tennessee Legend Distillery. Between Two Barrels is a show that highlights legends of all shapes and sizes from across the state of Tennessee. From the queen of country Dolly Parton to the elusive Tennessee Wildman. From our head distiller to our legendary staff and products. On this show, you will learn some terms of the alcohol industry, as well as learn some awesome recipes for food and cocktails alike. Join us as we journey through the volunteer state to bring you stories of legends that involve the beautiful state of Tennessee, from country music as well as rock and roll royalty, cryptids, distillery origins, carbonated beverage beginnings, and everything in between. This show truly highlights what makes a legend a Tennessee legend. Hello, legends, and welcome to another episode of Between Two Barrels Podcast. I am one of the hosts, Opie the Elf, and of course joined by TLD's own manager and jolly old bearded man, Bilo. What's up, B? I guess you could call me a Santa in training. Santa in training. I'm an SIT. <laughs> it is another day in December and we are continuing our Legends of the Season episode specials this month. We have already discussed the Christmas tree and you can find that wherever you get your podcasts on the Between Two Barrels podcast network and do not forget to hit that subscribe and also the little thing that notifies you whenever new episodes are dropping because we do offer two episodes of Between Two Barrels a week. And that is no different because it's the Christmas season. actually gives us more opportunity to talk about the Christmas season. Because as we said in the last couple episodes, we are, in our older age, more separated from our time in the theater world, becoming less and less Grinchier each year. Yes, very much so. Um, I do find myself facing a rather difficult decision concerning the holidays this year. Okay. Um, AITA, if you know what Uh, that stands for. If you are a Reddit person, uh, you know what AITA stands for. And I find myself in a situation where we've got some family that have recently moved to the area from the Midwest. This is mine and Katie's first Christmas together in our new home. It is also their first Christmas being here in Tennessee. They're different than the Midwest. Very much so. Um, But the, the question was presented of... Would we be able to stay at your place Christmas Eve night and get up Christmas morning? I mean, that side of the family is coming over Christmas morning anyway. But the the cousin has a younger son, and they were wanting to basically do the kids' Christmas wake-up over at our place. And it's it's a situation to where and the where i find myself in the the aita scenario with this we want to you know be able for them to enjoy but we also have on you know the docket that this is the day that we would use to do all kinds of prep and everything else for christmas day where we're going to have 
her side of the family over in the morning and then my side of the family over in the evening. So the entirety of Christmas Day in and of itself is going to be chaotic, yes. to, to say the least. And and that, that Sunday, that Christmas Eve, would be our, our calm and peace before the storm, as it were. And then, of course, you know, just being in the area, it doesn't matter what industry you're in, that the, the day after Christmas and pretty much that entire rest of that week is a, a hell week of sorts. Yes. Uh, between Christmas and New Year's. And us being in the alcohol industry, the closer you get to New Year's in that aspect, people are going to be consuming significantly more alcohol, so it is definitely a busy time of the year for us. But it's also a situation where, with this person, and one of the reasons why they left the Midwest is because other members of the family have been very very quick because of his past to to shoot him down or say no or oh even though i myself have a young child of around the same age you can't come over your child can't play with my child and this type of stuff so i mean that's where we find ourselves in the in the conundrum as it were of how exactly to approach this holiday season because I don't want to be a butthole and be another one in the long list of people who have said no and turned away but we also have our own personal wants and wishes especially with this being the fact that is we just purchased our home in in the spring in what would have been March of this year and this is the first holiday that you know or major major holiday in this aspect that we're you know spending together so that's where we find ourselves in that conundrum but apart from that yes uh definitely moved away from the 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 scroogeness the the scroogeometer uh, at one point in time the the christmas heart was multiple sizes too small and it is definitely grown uh grown since being you know separated from the theater so you know i I don't think that you would be an a-hole to say no because of the reasons you'd be saying no right their reasons was judgment of who he was right your reasons are it's our first year you want you don't want to wake up with and and part of it too is the fact that Katie and I either cannot by combined means are are just unable to have children and the fact that we're also at the age that we currently are it would not be the the most responsible thing due to potential you know health complications and stuff like that that the child may have to deal with yeah and then there's just times to where, you know, to be quite frankly and honest, I visit places like Dave and Buster's or, you know, yeah. am out somewhere in public and there's, you know, children just, ah, and, and that's also a, a strong form of contraceptive or birth well, control, yeah. as it were, yeah. and you, and you kinda, in general. You know, it's okay to be at a point to where you can say, we would absolutely love to have you, obviously. 
but with what Christmas morning and Christmas day is going to already be for you. Right. And doing the wake up thing Christmas morning and and that, at a, a, I would think more on their part. It'd be kind of weird to to ask not just of you like if I were asking you I would be weird asking you and I would feel weird making my kids wake up somewhere that's not theirs. Right. To do Santa. Yeah, I mean, this is a, a single father situation. I mean, the yeah. only other relative apart from cousins and stuff like that would be his mom, the child's grandma. Yeah. Um, and it was the three of them that moved from Iowa to yeah. Tennessee. And <clears throat> like I said, it's... it's Like I say, we don't want to to be negative in a sense we don't want to join the list but again like i say it's just a situation and then as part of it oh, it's I mean, an odd request at an odd the, season the the emotions in the fact of like i said we don't have any kids and i know that a, a part part of herself is is going to be quick to say well it's my fault even though it's not strictly her fault as far as to having children but the fact that we don't have, and then to have someone else's kid in the house, to to experience that or to to provide that experience is just—it's an awkward, an awkward scenario. It's a very awkward scenario. Um, then I, I don't fault him for putting you on the situation when he feels that he he kind of needs to. Um, I'm not saying he's a terrible human being, but it's an. <laughs> It's an odd request at an odd time of the season. Right. Because it is a Christmas season. And it's a season where typically you want to be more giving, more accessible, more familial, more loving. But it also is a season to where it's hard to protect your yourself in that your aspect own personal. of... You know, you say yes a lot as right. it is, as a human. Like, you're a very giving human being. Right. I've known you for over 10 years. You're very giving in concessions, in in chances and so it's it's probably very hard for you to even consider like a no, especially at this time of season. And then it's the, even more enhanced at this time of year for you. <laughs> on the other side of that coin, the people who know that I am more likely to say yes, And a lot of times, if I were to say no, then that just, like, amplifies that response because they're not used to that type of response out of me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) It's an interesting uh, situation to be in. It's nowhere near it, but a few years ago, do you remember when the big Mm. snow came on Christmas Eve? Yeah. Well, my older brother and his kids and his wife, every Christmas Eve, they come down to Morristown, and we do a big dinner and gifts for... For them, for the kids, them to us, us to them. And a few years ago when that big snow started dropping on Christmas Eve, he started getting all, all uh, anxious and nervous about driving 45 minutes back home to Knoxville in the early aspects of the snow. Like he just got, I was like, dude, you're fine. Right. He was saying things like, we're going to have to stay here. And we were like, nope. <laughs> Not happening, bro. That ain't happening, because all their presents are in Knoxville. Uh, Santa is visiting Knoxville, and you are going to either have to leave now and either make it work or go somewhere at midnight and make some Santa gifts work for them to wake up to, 
or they're waking up to no Santa gifts. Right. And you have to tell the story of like, well, he left it in Knoxville, and oh no, I guess we have to get up and go. Right. And that's that's so part we of were it all too. like, why don't you just go? Yeah. Leave the, now. The weather. Yeah. <laughs> is, is part of it too because I mean they when they moved here, yes, it's a completely different scenario than the type of weather that they would have in Iowa during this time of year, by far. Uh, but they are also in Jamestown, which is up on the plateau and just an hour south of Kentucky. Whoa. So, yeah, it's a situation trying to come in from there, there, or to get back to there is is where another element to all of this comes into play. So, <laughs> it's also like a, a a potential safety thing too. That's true. And then an, uh, another element, if you want to get into it, is that we're gonna have my side of the family coming over on Christmas night, which they would typically be the, her side of the family, to my knowledge, is going to be heading back to Jamestown on Christmas Day at some point in time. But like I say, we need to get some time in between having her family there before my family comes over later in the day to to decompress from all the 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 morning stuff before my mom and sister and her family comes over and then my mom and younger brother are going to be staying over at our house on christmas night and possibly for the next night or two after that depending on what their plans or what her plans wind up being so it's it's going to be a, a a crazy time around the low household uh for the holiday season as it were Tis the season to be merry. And yeah. <laughs> and I'm glad that's not my name or anybody in my family's name. Um, but yeah, um, that's that's how the holiday season is starting to shape up. But regardless of how and any it of it still plays early. out, yeah, I'm excited for it. I'm more excited about it because we are being able to play host for multiple groups uh, for both um, sides of our family. Since we are in the new place, we did Thanksgiving over at uh, Katie's sister's yeah. place, uh, Heather and Timmy over there at the Big South Fork um, at True West Campground. And then we're having uh, Christmas over at our new place. So, yeah, I mean, it was a great 2023. Definitely thankful for all that stuff and thankful for the opportunity to be able to get together with family. Uh, and I guess it could probably be said that it's a good thing that I work in alcohol because it's definitely going to be helpful um what is it that uh clark's dad says a lot of help from jack daniels while we don't have jack daniels we got some king snake mm. that will be a fine fine substitute or replacement yes for some jack daniels but beyond that just sitting and waiting for that to come about um it is time for uh holiday dinners and parties mm. for the company as it were um, next week, we're going to be headed out. Vicky's headed to the Nashville location. I'm going to be heading to the Cookville location to be able to go out and have dinner with with the distillery fam at those locations. Um, while we would, of course, love to be able to get everybody together, uh, different schedules, uh, the opening and or closing in this fact of the stores, um, during this time of year is something that makes it a little bit more difficult, but we are at least able to get out and spend some time with the other staff at the different locations. So uh, that's going to be taking place next week. 
And then after that, we've got just a, a few short days, um, just under two weeks before we wind up getting to Christmas Day at that point. Uh, matter of fact, two weeks from Monday, Jeez. as it stands, will be Christmas Day. So yeah, it's it's going to be here before we know it, and then a week later, legit seven days from the day uh, past that, we'll be at New Year's, so we'll already be into 2024, and this year is just completely flown by. Uh, that being said, you do still have an opportunity to be able to go online to the TennesseeLegendMerch.com site to be able to order any and all Tennessee Legend merch from there. We are rapidly approaching what will be the cutoff date, which is next Wednesday. That yes. is going to be the 13th. Yes. Make sure that you get any and all orders in for... We will do our best to try to make sure that we can say that you will get it by Christmas, but with the way everything is working right now for holiday shipping, it may not. Of course, that being said, the earlier you go ahead and get any of that stuff ordered, the quicker you will get it or the better opportunity that you will have to receive it before we get to uh, Christmas weekend. Uh, as that, as I am saying that, uh, we did go ahead and extend the holiday sale. So mm -hmm. the same um, Black Friday all month long sale that we were running throughout the month of November, that same sale is continuing throughout the entire month of December. So any $50 order or more automatically gets 40% off. So basically once you hit $50 mm -hmm. or more, you're getting just below half off on everything that you purchase from that point on. So make sure you get on there. And not only that, make sure you go to the Studio 66 merch site. Absolutely. Because we do have some new holiday-inspired designs on there mm -hmm. for both, uh, or all three, as a matter of fact, Between Two Barrels podcast, the Cocky Top podcast, and the 30 and Nerdy podcast. Lots of gift ideas, gift opportunities. Uh, and those are made to order, so yes. uh, make sure that you take that into account. So you'll want to allow for an additional day or two during this time of year for production because any shirts ordered from that site are made to order at the time of purchase. So with the additional volume for this time of year, please make sure to add uh, an additional couple of days on what your thought process may be for ordering and getting any of those in. Absolutely, and uh, we will definitely have some specials coming up within the next few days as well for those Christmas items uh, for the TLD uh, Studio 66 uh, T Public Store. So be on the lookout for that. Be on the lookout on all the socials, the Facebook, the Instagram. Uh, just search Studio 66 and you will find us on instagram and facebook and we're also on the tennessee legend distiller youtube page so lots of ways to to get more information uh, aside from the the three individual podcasts uh and that new year coming up soon will bring more projects from studio 66 so very excited a lot of stuff happening um other than that, it is a busy time of year, so just a shout-out if you are coming to the Sevier County, Knoxville area, Sevierville, Pigeon Forge, Gatlinburg, over the next few weeks, leave a little early because there is always that fun after-school and holiday traffic that is very popular here in the Sevier County area, so leave a little early, give yourself some time to sit for a little bit, especially after a certain time on weekdays and weekends from exit 407 
well into Pigeon Forge and Gatlinburg, give yourself a little time to sit. And this is our first Christmas with our Buckies at the exit, so I can imagine it's going to be a little crazier Oh yeah, this I year could, with Bucky's being. I there. can only imagine, and not only and that, all the last-minute shoppers getting Bucky things, right? Uh, not only that, but the Shadrach's Christmas Christmas lights show has moved from oh. the stadium to up here, literally uh, beside right us. next to us. No, yeah. oh no, <laughs> here at the uh, Soaky Mountain Water Park. Our back roads are going to need back roads, right? At some point in time, eventually, it is going to get that way. Uh, but yeah, it's, there's something to say about the area that you live in. Whenever the actual school schedule has certain days throughout the entirety of the year that they close early because yes. of how bad the traffic is anticipated yes. to be. Yeah, there's something to be said about that. Uh, when things like that happen, you know you live in a tourist town. Very much so. Looking to satisfy your sweet tooth while visiting the Smoky Mountains? Check out Adina's Sweet Shop, a treasure cottage of baked goods nestled in the heart of the Smokies in Gatlinburg. They create the most delectable homemade cupcakes, chocolates, pastries, pies, and so much more, including over 20 flavors of the best ice cream you've ever had. And don't forget to check out their selection of boozy favorites as well. Locals and visitors alike have raved about Adina's desserts, and once you've tried them, so will you. At Adina's Sweet Shop, there is truly something for everyone. Just minutes from Dollywood or the mountains, you can find them at 170 Glades Road in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, or online at adinasweetshop.com. And tell her you heard about them from Tennessee Legend Distillery. Opie, in continuing our Legends of the Season, the one that I'm gonna be bringing to you today Mm-hmm. Um, last week, of course, we were talking about the tree in and of yes. itself. This week, we are going to be talking about a very common tree adornment. Uh, and yes. I'm not talking about yes. what you normally think of whenever I talk about tree adornments. Yes. Because typically you think, of course, lights, ornament the, the balls. different types of ornament balls, yes. the glass or now plastic, tinsel. Uh, tinsel, things like that. But this is a consumable tradition that had gotten moved away from but was then adapted and sort of brought back because some of the original tree adornments included things like apples and bread rolls and other consumables and stuff like that it was like you had a charcuterie tree at that (laughs) point Uh, and maybe that's where charcuterie boards come from uh, just in a a different presentation Uh, but no we're going to be talking about a wonderful sugary confectionery treat mm. and that is of course the candy cane candy cane so a of course everyone knows that a candy cane is a cane shaped candy stick often associated with christmas as well as saint nick and it is traditionally white with red stripes and flavored with peppermint but of course they do also come in a variety of flavors and colors And we'll actually get into some of those a little bit later. The history of the candy cane is, I mean, it's it's fairly cut and dry for the most point. Uh, A record of the 1837 exhibition of the Massachusetts Charitable Mechanic Association, that's a bit of a mouthful, uh, where confections were judged competitively, mentions stick candy. Now, a recipe for straight peppermint candy sticks, while uh, white, of course, with colored stripes, was published in the Complete Confectioner 
pastry cook and baker in 1844. However, the earliest documentation of a candy cane is found in the short story Tom Luther's Stockings, published in Ballou's Monthly Magazine in 1866. The origins being of a straight-sticked candy, still the red and white striping, then re-established in 1844, seven years later, but then it wouldn't be for another 22 years after that that it was distributed or, or released in this magazine as actually having the cane shape. And it was described as mammoth in size. No mention of color or flavor was provided at the time. And then the Nursery Monthly magazine mentions candy canes in association with Christmas as early as 1874. And Babyland magazine describes it as a tall, twisted candy cane being hung on a Christmas tree as early as 1882. So starting in 1837 being straight and then having the curve or the bend put into it over the course of the next uh what would have been 25 years uh 26 years and, and it started then, out big yes large and then eventually uh by the uh year 1882 having its first mention of being used as a decoration mm-hmm. on the christmas tree so almost as long as the modern Christmas tree has yeah. been in existence. Candy canes have been, been turned as around and developed as and associated yeah. as being a decoration wow. for the tree. Now, of course, there is, uh, since it is around this holiday, uh, and we know how uh, Protestant religions... Uh, oh, yeah, they have, to, they have to take it and make it their are, own. Are, yeah. Um, the religious... Uh, what's the word? Correlation, yeah. The religious correlation um, goes that as a common story of origin of candy cane says that in 1670, going 200 years prior, in Cologne, Germany, the choir master at the Cologne Cathedral, wishing to remedy the noise caused by children in his church during the living creche tradition of Christmas Eve, asked a local candy maker for some sugar sticks for them. And in order to justify the practice of giving candy to children during worship services, he asked the candy maker to add a crook at the top of each stick, which would help the children remember the shepherds who visited the infant Jesus. Hmm. <laughs> and got shut these kids up. How can I, how can I make this candy. work for me? First, let me give them a sugary substance. But, oh, wait, I'll make it. I'll, I'll link it to a Bible story. Yes. That will get past the elders. That will allow me to get away with this. Now, beyond that, in addition, he used the white color of the converted sticks to teach children about the Christian belief in the sinless life of Jesus. So, of course, the red would then signify the actual sins. Or you could say that it was the blood that Christ shed to wash away all of our sins to allow us to be like the white that was already there. And then from Germany, candy canes spread to other parts of Europe where they were handed out during plays reenacting the nativity and the candy cane became associated with Christmas at that point. 
we're going to assign this candy cane to the Christmas time. Just, just like, just like the Americans but, associated chocolate bunnies with Easter. <laughs> right, but then two hundred years later was the first time that you actually see it in mm-hmm. some sort of book teaching you how to make it. They weren't really good with the marketing of it. Yeah, took them a while. A little bit. Took them a little. A while little to bit. A couple mar- of centuries after it. the, yeah, a couple of centuries after the invention, so yeah. to speak, of it. Uh, before they actually started doing any kind of marketing, to, or you too can make your to, very own. Need to fire that marketing child department. silencer. <laughs> silencer nine thousand at home, aka the candy cane, <laughs> with its wonderful red and white, red yeah, and white with, stripe pattern, with its wonderful sinless white and <laughs> uh, blood of the lamb red, donning the candy. You too can silence your children. Now, now with shepherd's crook to be able to hang it from the tree. So not only could it be a tasty treat and <laughs> child silencer, it can also be also used as, as a, a garnish on this, this dead tree corpse that we put in our house. <laughs> and, of course, guys, don't take this as a yeah, being yeah. negative We're towards us in negative. any capacity. It's just, it's just this is If you a, look back at the way things come about like looking at it now some of it is kind of just like where did they just crazy how it's it's, just how they people come up with things and part of the thought process i mean and and we look at it from different points of view i mean because you could sit there and be like so literally this guy was sitting there and he got tired of these these kids kids being noisy during his sermon so he's like how can i shut these little kids kids up I'm gonna, but you know, also stick give to them guns. candy, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but also be able to to use this as a teaching element for you know a religious teaching element. Oh, let's make it look like shepherd's crooks because the time that I came up with the idea because I can also use was I was the, teaching about story. yeah yeah. I mean, why not? Um, I mean, aside from we haven't really like talked behind the curtain too much about us. Uh, in the aspect of TLD, you know, I start laughing at a lot of this because I work in the world of content creation and marketing. Right. So I have to do a lot of this like thought process and you are not just, you know, basically regional manager. You're also in charge of social media and marketing. Right. You know, so we hear this kind of stuff like and start to kind of placate with like, where their brains were working right. and all that. And I'm just kind of like, okay, well, like, I get that. And, like, I would imagine that our uh, distribution manager who has a very uh, – Kyle, who we've, we've interviewed on this show, has a very uh, marketability mind, too. He would probably laugh just as much thinking, like, Good Lord, who sat around and thought? Because we, on the daily, have to constantly sit around and think, how do we get this – Right. How do we market this product? How do we evolve our getting our stuff out there? And, right. And, and how do on we the get radio, more eyes, on the TV, on, you know, and, and or ears, podcasting and stuff? So when we hear humorous marketing ploys, right, it kind of plays to our marketing minds, and it some of them are funny because like this Cause this the, minister the just wants Dew. to sh- oh yeah the Mountain Dew stuff. I'm like, good God. Um, but, like, this is funny because at the end of the day, if you look at it, if you strip it, a minister wants to shut these kids up. Yeah. So he 
used what he knew along with sugary goodness and created something that is now 200 plus years later a staple for the Christmas season. Right. I mean, from, from what it would be saying from the original conception yeah. of this, we're now like 500 years yeah. since. So you're tell, and then you look at it, it's like, holy crap, you're mean to tell me that the candy cane or the, the red and white striped confection stick originating in Germany has been around for over 500 years? Yeah. It's, it's insane. It's, it's, it's almost unfathomable to think. Yeah. And probably the reason why is because the actual production or mainstream production of candy canes did not come about until the 1920s. Whoa. Yes. We didn't globalize this thing till post World War like close to World War 1. Yeah. So, as with other forms of stick candy, the earliest canes were manufactured of course by hand by independent candy makers. I'm sure they probably had some sort of the expo. The <laughs> right. Uh, there was a candy maker expo someplace or somewhere across the country and through some different uh, forms of print media and stuff like that, people were able to eventually spread around what would be the, the recipe for making these candy sticks or candy canes. Because, I mean, of, of course a candy cane is nothing but a candy stick just with a slight bend put into one end of it. Mm-hmm. But in... Uh, Chicago confectioners, the Bunt Brothers, or Bunty Brothers, B-U-N-T-E Brothers. I've heard this name. Filed one of the earliest patents for a candy cane making machines in the early 1920s. Now in 1919 in Albany, Georgia, Robert McCormick began making candy canes for local children and by the middle of the century, his company, originally the famous candy company, Then the Mills McCormick Candy Company and later Bob's Candies had become one of the world's leading candy cane producers and candy cane manufacturing initially required significant labor that limited production quantities. So at that time, of course, people still making them by hands or by hand, you would have a lot of people rolling out these long sticks and then having to cut them put the individual bins in them and send them on down the way as opposed to it being an automated system because these things had to be at a certain temperature to, to yeah to everything manipulate. had to be yeah because it is a molten sugar basically yeah. uh at some point in time uh it does have a, a pliability and elasticity to it and they would yes have to roll out these sticks and then it, it would be hot I yeah. mean, there would be a, a high temperature to it uh, for it to still be pliable, you know, be, you know, maneuverable. And then they would cut out the links and then just go back and then put the the bend in each one of them. And wow. that being said, up to a certain point here in the 1900s, no two candy canes were the exact same. Oh, that's that's wild to think about. Now, candy cane manufacturing initially, like I said, required significant labor that limited production quantities, so of course they weren't able to make as many. So the price of the candy cane in and of itself, too, was considerably higher because of the fact that you weren't being able to get as many made because a person can only churn out so many 
even if you do have a multitude of people doing it, you can still only turn out so many yeah. compared to what a machine can. Um, and the reason being, of course, the canes had to be bent manually as they came off the assembly line to create their curved shape, and breakage often ran over 20%. So there was a problem that whenever the actual pieces were coming off and they were going to do the bends... It had either cooled too much, which was likely the case, that it wasn't as malleable. And whenever they were in the process of putting the bend into it, the candy cane was just snapping at that point. And they were losing over 20% of what the candy canes were. So you're looking at it, you're saying for every 100 candy canes, 20 of them were getting lost. Yeesh. I know if for every 100 bottles we were bottling, 20 bottles were lost. That we would be like, mm, something's got to change. Yes. Because we're losing a lot of money. Oh, for sure. And it was McCormick's brother-in-law, Gregory Harding Keller, who was a seminary student in Rome who spent his summers working in the candy factories back home. And in 57, Keller, as an ordained Roman Catholic priest of the Diocese of Little Rock, Arkansas, right? Planted uh, or patented his invention, the Keller machine, which automated the process of twisting soft candy into spiral striping and cutting it into precise lengths as candy canes. So, if it had not been for the Keller machine, we would not have the mass produced amount of candy canes that we do today. Uh, and of course, as we already know, um, on St. Nicholas Day, which, which is, is listed as... the 26th, as, isn't it? Um, well, um, St. Nicholas Day, also called the Feast of St. Nicholas, observed on the 5th or 6th of December um, in Western Christian countries and on the 19th of December in Eastern Christian countries. So technically, we have already passed Pass it. Yeah. St. Nicholas Day. Um, uh, Christian countries using the old church calendar. It is the feast day of St. Nicholas of Myra and it falls within the season of Advent. So Ah, as long as it's during the Advent season. Uh, Candy canes are given to children as they are also said to represent the Kreuzer. A Crozier or Crozier is a stylized staff that is a symbol of the governing office of a bishop or abbot and is carried by high-ranking Prelates of Roman Catholic, Eastern Catholic, Eastern Orthodox, Oriental Orthodox, and some Anglican Lutheran, as well as United Methodist, as well. So another version of what would be the staff. It's a civilization yeah. of the staff. Yeah. Um, of course, also carried by uh, St. Nicholas. Uh, and St. Nicholas Croziers allude to the Good Shepherd a name sometimes used to refer to Jesus of Nazareth. So, just more uh, religious symbology as part of it. Um, So, there's not really much more to get into in terms of the history of the candy cane. So, I thought it would be fun to look up some things that you probably didn't know about candy canes. Okay. uh, Apart from what we've already discussed. Uh, Of course, one of the main things being that the candy canes were invented to silence children. Mm -hmm. 
born in Cologne, Germany, circa 1670, and the local choir master, of course, like I said, helping to quiet children during Christmas Eve service, asked a nearby candy maker to make some sweet sticks for the kids to suck on, not creepy at all, uh, hence the candy cane was born. Um, they are meant to resemble a shepherd's crook, which we had already mentioned as well. Um, or, of course, to potentially to represent just Jesus as being the good shepherd, again, part of it. Um, the white symbolizing purity and the red to represent atonement. Now, here's something that would be very, very fun. The largest candy cane ever was 51 feet long. Holy crap. So, I want you to think about this. Your standard... Take a couple days to jump down on. Right? Your standard tape measure, whenever you buy yeah, a pull regular, it all the way to the... 25 feet. So, a little over two. Yes. Holy... Schnikes. Yeah. You un- completely undo two... 25-foot tape measures, and then add another foot past that. Jeez. The biggest candy cane ever made was created by Swiss chef Elaine Roby in 2011 and measured 51 feet long, blowing away the previous record of 36 feet 7 inches, also set by the same guy. And a food ar- As a food artist, Roby also holds records for the tallest cooked sugar building and tallest chocolate structure. It's also safe to assume that he lives in a house made of gumdrops <laughs> and his wife is nothing more than a bundle of red vines. Or a witch that lures kids to their house. Right. Um, the oldest handmade candy cane producer is Hammond's, which is uh, nestled in Denver, Colorado. Hammond started making candy canes the old-fashioned way over 95 years ago, or it was known then as just fashioned. <laughs> the way. <laughs> Though it's not too hard or difficult to try making candy canes yourself, it's probably best to leave the handling of molten sugar and corn syrup to the professionals. Um, if you haven't watched it, there's a couple of places, especially going up to uh, Gatlinburg, there's a yeah. couple of the candy shops that you can actually see them. Go through Manipulating and still making candy the old way. Wow. Uh, and there's also plenty of videos that you can watch on YouTube uh, after you listen to an episode of Between Two Barrels or the Cocky Top Podcast or 30 and Nerdy. Uh, and it's actually fun to kind of stand in the window in Gatlinburg and watch them making taffy and things. Right. It is. It's fun to, to watch it all done the original way. Now, the the last thing that I'm going to let you know as far as this also leads into the next and the last thing that we're going to talk about okay. concerning candy canes. Uh, of course, peppermint is the mm. traditional flavor. Definitely a, a winter tradition, uh, and, and you can actually use this, or you, it has been used in a multitude of other recipes. Like, you could crush candy canes and use them as a topper for, like... Yes, you uh, can. Uh, Cupcakes or, Fudge. or or yeah, whatever the case may Make be. Your I mean, own bark using all canes. kinds of different things for it. But there are also some very non-classic candy cane flavors, including and and rather and rather ill-advised. Yes, there has been Mountain Dew candy canes. Yes, 
Um, but some man. very oddball flavors, including sriracha, wasabi, uh. gravy, Ooh. bacon. Okay. Not as odd. Can never go wrong with bacon. Not as odd. Hawaiian punch. Okay. And of course, you cannot make a flavored anything anymore without including a dill pickle flavor. Oh my god. <laughs> I can't. I love pickles and I love pickle juice, but there are times where I'm like, mm, I don't think I can do a pickle candy cane. <laughs> They, they'll, they'll definitely catch your attention, but I don't know if I would want to stir a cup of cocoa with a dill pickle flavor. Why don't we cane. just get a couple dill pickle candy canes and uh, have a grand... Uh, when it but, says dill pickle flavor candy cane, do you think it's mostly like... Okay, it's mostly vinegar with a little garlic on it. More than likely. Um, I'm sure you'll probably get some dill flavor, yeah. but yeah, it's going to be more of that vinegar, acidic uh, The thing that flavor. helps with the... The hydration. Now, now that could be put in uh, Bloody Marys. Ooh, stir your Bloody Mary with a dill pickle candy cane. Dill pickle candy cane. There you go. Call it the the morning after Christmas. <laughs> oh, oh. Instead of the night before Christmas, it'll be the morning after Christmas. The same as Mountain Dew. There is a birthday cake flavored candy cane. Everyone does birthday cakes. Uh, listed as a Funfetti. I'm sure there's a bubblegum flavored. Oh, there is. The pink. As yeah. As well as a Fruit Loops flavored candy cane. Mm-hmm. Follow your nose. And that's one I wouldn't mind. Yeah. Oddly enough, did you know that all Fruit Loops are the same flavor? Kinda like M and M's. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's all it's, the same flavor, it's just, just different color. The perception of the But the you would eat, as a kid you'd be like, No, that's blue. That tastes like blue. How much do you like mac and cheese? <laughs> Not enough to eat a candy cane. Too bad, <laughs> because there actually is a mac and cheese flavored <laughs> candy cane. Because like, when I think about this stuff, like I think the only thing that's flavored mac and cheese in my mind is mac and cheese. I couldn't think of like a, you tried that, uh, you tried that mac and cheese bagel? No. Tastes like mac and cheese. You know what else tastes like mac and cheese? Mac and cheese. Mac and cheese. <laughs> and I would personally only rather eat just mac exactly. and cheese. Exactly. Uh, there's also a candle that is a mac and cheese candle. I like the smell of mac and cheese. So that's not so bad. So I think I said this uh, when we were talking about mac. Someone just said RT around here. Someone just said a Bama phrase. Ugh. I just threw up a little bit in my mouth. I think I said this when we were talking about the Mountain Dew. Is like I love sweet tea. Right. We like Dr Pepper. Yeah. A Dorito flavored with one of those. Mm-mm. No. I love mac and cheese. I don't need a candy cane that's mac and cheese. I love gravy. Right. But I don't need a candy cane that's gravy flavored. No. When if I I'm look gonna... at a candy cane, I'm thinking sweet. Right. So the I, and probably the only other thing that, other than gravy that I would want, that's edible, mm-hmm. and this is leading into uh, uh, 
I guess can be considered kind of a sexist joke, maybe. Oh, no. Edible underwear. Biscuits and gravy flavored. Little yeah. old, that's an old school Larry the Cable Guy joke right, right. there. Is that Larry or was that? That was uh, Larry on uh, the Blue Collar Tour. Oh, okay. I couldn't remember if that now was Larry. Now you got any biscuits and gravy, edible underwear, get her done. Right. Or if that was, uh, what's his name, Rodney Carrington. I couldn't remember which one that was. But yeah. Uh, so moving along, another one. Uh, that is listed here or that is on this list as a very weird one shiitake mushrooms like I know a lot of people don't like mushrooms just in general I could not imagine trying to get someone even someone that liked mushrooms to try to eat yeah I don't think a shiitake mushroom flavored candy cane because you know what's really weird is my favorite condiment to put with about everything is ranch dressing but if someone were to look at me and say drink this ranch dressing I'd go mm-mm or do you like ranch flavored Doritos no because that's not what ranch dressing tastes like right that's a whole different flavor it, it's it's funny you mentioned ranch dressing two reasons one that's Ranch is the ketchup of the Midwest, so marrying into yeah. a Midwest family, yeah. you know, I've seen them like Put ranch on almost some weird bathe shit. in ranch. Um, and I saw a video not too long ago where this dude's like in a dorm room or something like that, and he's eating pizza or wings or whatever the case may be. But instead of having the ranch like on whatever, he's just got a massive bottle of ranch like sitting between his legs with a straw in it. So after he eats whatever, he's just like, just gets a little bit of ranch to be able to season it. And I'm like, oh, See, I don't, that's weird. No, that's a weird thing about us humans no. is I'm so, I love ranch dressing on so many things. But if someone were to say, drink this, I couldn't. No. There's something, it's like, it's Homemade not far. Ranch. It's yes. not far from what you're already using it for. Yeah. Well, yeah, it is kind of different. I'm not chugging it. Right. But the other reason for, for having mentioned the ranch is this next flavor. <laughs> is it, is no, it's not It's not a ranch-flavored okay. candy cane. It is a ketchup-flavored candy cane. Here, have this candy cane that is flavored like tomato blood. <laughs> Let me dip this fry in this candy cane. Right, e- eating fries and candy canes together. <laughs> Uh, here's another interesting flavor, and these could actually be used, uh, actually used as opposed to just consumed, and that would be a pho flavored candy cane, like the foreign food, foreign yeah, noodles, pho. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you might still make a ramen flavor too. Right. Well, basically, and that's what yeah. I'm saying. You could just use the candy canes as chopsticks. God. So it's flavoring as you're eating. <laughs> It's such a happy bowl, though. Look, <laughs> I wish y'all could. I wish y'all could see this image. Oh god! It's 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 true to to Japanese, you know, anime style, little happy bowl with candy a couple of candy canes candy sticking up ahead of it uh, as pho flavored candy canes. Uh, what else have we got here? Um, ham. It's listed as hamdy canes instead of candy canes, but ham flavored candy canes. 
No, just no, no. no. no I'm not even gonna. And of course, it. if it wasn't bad enough that you have ham decanes, you also have clam decanes. Oh my god, that's terrible. Now you know that uh, uh, a Bloody Mary is sure. Okay, I you know, know what a Caesar is. Caesar yeah. is. I'm a Letterkenny fan. They drink Caesars all the time. Okay, so what makes the difference between a Bloody Mary and a Caesar is one thing. Clam juice. So instead of a dill, dill pickle candy cane, you would get a clam cane. And it'd be a Caesar. And it would <laughs> turn I'd it into a, a Caesar. <laughs> there, There's well, a point where we need to stop humanity. Clam like, candy cane. Just because you can go there doesn't mean you should. Now, there, if you notice and if you've kept up with the count, that was only nine flavors. There were three off of this particular list that I did not mention. And that's because while they are definitely unique flavors, they are not far off from what something you would expect from a regular one. And, of course, one that I had already mentioned, like bacon. Yeah. Uh, but the other ones would wind up being a hot tamale flavored candy cane so cinnamon but a slightly different yeah. flavoring and of course an oreo flavored candy cane like a cream yeah just have like, like the a cream, cream and a, a, a little, little cocoa taste. little cocoa yeah taste to it i wouldn't hate that and that's something that you could like stir your milkshake garnish or something along those lines mm. so a little oreo shake or a, a blizzard mcflurry action mm. i just want to go back and i'm i'm going to get this sticker made up and I want to put it on the back of my laptop it's just like I'm such a happy boy jeez that's funny that actually would be some some fun little gag gifts to do at Christmas is stuff them down stockings and it looks like Nothing. pretty colors but it's those flavors right I mean if you look be at like it, birdie bots the, every flavor the, beans the fooling shita- people the shiitake one it, I mean you might be able to say oh that's a cinnamon sugar or something or, like or that or you could even say that's a s'more that's a right like the, that, the mac and cheese pineapple. thing pineapple or banana yeah. the the dill pickle oh it's lime the yeah. fruit loops is multicolored, multicolored. So, oh it could be fruit striped gum whatever oh the pickle could the be pickle a winter green the pickle is a mint or a yeah. winter green yeah, um, you can fool some people at Christmas. The, people, the fun Fetty is is the the same multicolored dots. Yeah, all absolutely. Over it. You look um, at the shiitake; it looks like a, a cocoa or a, yeah, or, or s'mores, like or you said. S'mores. I can see that. And um, someone would get buy. And, and the thing is, is it's kind of like going into a sweet tea, and you get an unsweet tea. The reason it's so shocking is because you've prepared for. Yeah, you're br- you've already told your you're brain. You're going oh, it's in be saying sweet. this is cocoa, and you get a shiitake mushroom taste. Your night would be ruined. Well, imagine the ketchup looks like a traditional candy cane. It it's does. the plain red and white. So it I does. mean, could you imagine getting going in for peppermint, going tomato blood, going bend deep on a candy cane, and wind up. <laughs> It tasting like ketchup as opposed to mint. <laughs> oh God! I'm telling you, you could ruin some Christmases with this. Or the pho one is is another one that could be like yeah. a winter mint or winter a spearmint, and and someone yeah. thinking, oh, this is gonna be spearmint. This is gonna be delicious. The ham, the ham, ham looks is just like a candy, a cane. regular candy cane. I mean, could you imagine just mmm peppermint, mmm pork not. stick? <laughs> oh. You've got. A little salty. Okay. No, I don't think that's the right adjective <laughs> to use in the aspect of 
Jeff Gaines. Putting a pork stick in your mouth. <laughs> Maybe it is. And then, of course, the Clamdy Canes. Ooh, I don't know how God. you would. Uh, this one would, would be the one that, that you go, couldn't. That would be sus. Because I've it's, never seen one this color. It's a grayish or silver yeah. color and the white. Yeah, the only thing I'm thinking that this is other than clams is maybe uh, this is the silver nitrate candy cane. <laughs> the, the, this is going to help my heart attack. The the Oreo, I mean, classic oh, yeah, you know, like Oreo colored black yeah. and white stripe. So, yeah. But if you want to mess uh, up some people's Christmases. Venom cane. That's just the Venom cane. Uh, if you want to mess up some Christmases, people, buy all of these flavors of candy canes. Get some odd flavored candy canes that have the, the traditional coloring yeah, of some of your normal flavors. The traditional flavors, look, but, but n- clearly not the taste of the traditional. Clearly not. If you want your kids to shut up, give them regular candy canes. If you want to you trick them and, and you want to... If you want to punish them, <laughs> get them a shiitake mushroom candy cane and call it cocoa. Get them these different flavored candy canes and say you can't have any of them until you get over to Grandma and Grandpa's house. Oh, let them deal with it. Right? Because they're just going to sit there. Or this, honestly, this is something that can make for a massive social media trend. Uh, um, TikToks. What was it? Yeah, the the TikToks of... um, well, I mean, back oh, in you the don't day, have any had... more of your Halloween candy, or I yeah. ate all of your Halloween candy, or yeah. all of your Halloween candy got I donated. Got you a candy cane. Here, here's, here, try uh-huh. these new flavors of candy canes, or here, here's, or you know, uh, put some candy canes down in the stocking. Like a, a big trend during the days of Vine, yes, kids, before TikTok there was Vine, uh, they would give out Birdie Bots, right? Because it looks like buttered popcorn, but it's earwax. Right. And they'd be like, here's a jelly bean. And then, you see their reaction. Uh, Yeah, that would be funny. Another version of it. We should should, should get these. Or if we were to order them, we could do like one of the the spin the wheel sort of things. And and you have to consume whatever the... I'd do it to guests. Like if a guest is unruly and just kind of rude, like, you know what? Here's a candy cane. Right. Say, would you like a chocolate-covered pretzel? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Do you know, uh, fun fact, uh, National Candy Cane Day, the reason I mentioned the 26th, is the 26th of December. The day after The Christmas. day after. Because you're taking You're taking them. your tree down. Well, you're as, eating them. Well, I was about to say, as part of the traditions in our household is once... Uh, or on my dad's side of the family, of course. The tree got decorated. Mm-hmm. The tree would be decorated from usually at, at, at most like a week after Thanksgiving through Christmas. Well, of course, there would always be candy canes got put up onto the tree. And then, oh, we know how many got put onto the tree. So none of them better be gone off of there by the time Christmas Day rolls around. Christmas Day rolls around, everybody's allowed to go up to the tree and pull one of the candy canes off and enjoy it. Oh, no. Put these up to begin with as the decorations on the tree so anybody wound up going and getting one. You're in the other room, like, I don't know, like, making your bed, and you hear, Oh, God! Oh, God! Get it off! Get it off! Get it off! Uh, uh. Craig especially the candy cane. Especially the sriracha or wasabi Ooh. flavored oh, ones. Oh god, wasabi would 
if, a horseradish if the, if the wasabi candy cane clears your sinuses the way actual wasabi does sign me up sign me up because i just shove the candy cane up my nose when i get sick <laughs> Chop, just, chopping the candy cane just, up, going up and just. Would <laughs> <laughs> you do Nyquil? Candy canes, <laughs> better than goodies. <laughs> oh goodness! And who knows? Maybe we'll have to have some. Well, I mean, also these things don't have cholesterol. Right. I read that somewhere. But it is a lot of sugar. It is a lot of sugar. But no cholesterol. <laughs> we don't have to worry about any calories. Or <laughs> calories or cholesterol, but, but the sugar the will sugar get you. Content is what's and if get the sugar you. don't, the shiitake will. <laughs> also, uh, uh, when I was a kid, it's funny that you mentioned the whole like religious background of it. Is uh, I remember like being in like sixth grade Bible school or something. It wasn't Bible school. It was like around Christmas time, being like sixth grade. And sometimes, see, I was born and raised Catholic. We would go to the Catholic church sometimes. And sometimes we'd go to the Baptist church with my grandma and grandfather. And I remember being in Sunday school close to Christmas, and they were giving out candy canes, and this one kid turns it upside down and said, if you turn it upside down, it's like a J for Jesus. And I just looked at him, I said, thanks, Skippy. Cool. If you turn an L upside down, it's a seven. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, shut up. Yeah, no, I obviously, if you turn a, a shepherd's crook upside down, it's a J. Right. Like, I mean, okay. <laughs> Good on you there. <laughs> right. <laughs> my my final thought on this is: this the worst tradition in terms of what the original use? For a candy cane was that has not has never been let go, and not necessarily for the holiday season. I'm just talking for the fact that the choir master back in Cologne, Germany, mm. in the 1600s, I to shut the kids up. said, "I need to shut the kids up. I'm going to give them a sugary treat, <laughs> candy. They get candy, and now." Hundreds of years later, most of the time, whenever a kid is being unruly, what happens? They are given some sort of sugary treat to shut them up. You would think that that almost teaches them to just be unruly. If I yell a lot in church, I'm going to get a butterscotch. Right. If I'm good, I don't get a butterscotch. (laughs) Thanks a lot, Cologne, Germany. Choir um, master. Yeah, I, th- I think that uh, it is uh, one of those traditions that has stuck that started with the candy cane, and now you've got all these Southern Baptist grandmothers who have <laughs> loose candies in their Purses purse. full of the little <laughs> strawberry candies or, or butterscotch. <laughs> yeah, or but- shh, 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 here. Here's a Werther's. <laughs> or, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think that it's... Uh, I mean, because it's definitely a lot more difficult to whine whenever you've got a, a, a lozenge of some sort. A retreat in your mouth. Um, <laughs> um, I don't think it's the most annoying of tra- Christmas traditions. 
No, 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 no. There are tons of annoying Christmas traditions. I'm just saying as far as the fact that this was the 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 band-aid to rectify the situation. So maybe I should have presented it that way. One of the worst band-aids to ever be created. Was given a screaming kid candy. Yeah. Yes, that's it's absolutely terrible. Like and or now or now just give him the iPad, it'll shut him up. Yes. No. I was acting that way. I wasn't given anything. Right. I was given an ass whooping. And had I'll things taken away. About. Yeah. Like, I remember get, being unruly in a restaurant once, and the last thing my mom or dad thought was, we should give them something to calm them down. Right. Well, my ass got busted, and I was taken home. Right. I wasn't given Stuff was taken away, the Game Boy or a piece of candy. So, yeah, I would say this is one of the worst Band-Aids that have stuck around. To, to give a link to Cocky Top. The the situation where generations past us have been coddled in that sense, yes. have been given that instant gratification because the people who are our age have kids potentially that are getting ready to become collegiate athletes Oof. in a sense. You know, I can't... That, to, this is to, make another, to make an another entire, parallel... Yeah. Um, uh, to the, to the sports world is do you remember being a kid and there not being as many ball games as we have now? Oh God, yes. There were far fewer. Couldn't you see the fact that Unless there's like sixty ball ga- or not sixty, but like the fact that it there's was, it was thirty like, ball games or something is like participation trophies. It is. I mean, whenever you've got the requirement, oh, Reliaquest dot com. Yeah, bowl. you didn't make the big boy. Here's a mall. Yeah. Uh, and that's the the it's Birmingham the Bowl. That's yeah, the, the Music bowl, City the Bowl, music or City whatever, bowl. You know. the Tap Sire Bowl. Yeah, like I said, the Reliaquest Rentacar dot com. Well, we whatever. need a Tennessee Legend Bowl. I'm not opposed to it. I mean, we're not going to be giving them anything as far as we'll like, give you free booze. <laughs> but most of them are too young for it. Unless you we play can give for the unless you're booze. unless you're Bo Nix. <laughs> Unless you're bone nicks and you're 43. Right. But no, um, it was a situation where basically it used to be the the top 24 teams. You had roughly a dozen bowls. Mm. You had like your cotton, sugar, gator, yeah. citrus, sure. orange. Tostitos. Well, no, even bef- before that. Yeah. like yeah. Oh, yeah, like the sugar bowl and the orange bowl, they are old. Yeah, those are the ones that have been around for a while, and it was basically... They were taking number one versus number two is usually how it happened. Yeah. Then you would start from there. You would just start getting pared down. Yeah, three would face five, off four of, would face six. Yeah. Records and stuff. And then it just kept going down. And basically, if you wound up with the number twenty-five spot or you were ranked number twenty-five in the the AP or the coaches poll, great, congratulations, you're ranked, but you're not going to a bowl game. You get nothing, sir. You, you lose. lose. Um, but yes, just I because would say, you only had few number of bowls, and then that was part of it was okay. Well, you took yeah. the number twenty-five team, and then you took whoever the number twenty-six or whatever team was based on their record. Yeah, and then yeah, they added, but then you just kept adding and adding, adding and adding. Then twenty-seven and twenty-eight got to play. Then twenty-nine and thirty gets to play. Then yeah. thirty-one. And then it's you have the ranked versus the unranked as far as the opponents. So now, all right, you've got 25 ranked opponents. There's 88 slots to that, fill for bowl games right now, that's which bad. means 
44 bowl games. Yes. You are not going There's to find 40 but plus. in 88 slots, especially this year. This yeah. season, I think, especially. It's not the first time, but this season, they're like having to ask five and seven teams. Right. And it's like, that's too many balls. It is. That's a point where you're proving yourself you've, is too many you've balls. You've gone past it. And, of course, this. <laughs> yes, this is just draw, from drawing the parallel line. Yes, the worst thing that ever happened was giving a screaming kid pacification. candy to shut up. Yeah. That's ridiculous. A treat for pacification. But it is how candy cane started, and I do like candy cane. So, so yeah. <laughs> so, also, thank you, Cologne, Germany. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, yeah, we've learned quite a bit about candy canes. Any other cool facts? Not really. I know really. that if you turn it upside down, you get a J. It makes Jesus. a J. <laughs> um, I know, you know, Shepherd's Crooks yeah. are good for, you know, yeah, pulling, pulling terrible people performances off stage. Off stage. Um, and the largest one was almost 60 freaking feet. Yeah, good Lord. 51 feet long. Good Lord. That would take a few. I would like to. Right. How many days does that take to eat? You know, I'm going to look up one thing real quick. Like I said, I know that was going to be my last yeah. uh, thing just a moment ago, but I'm going to look up one thing, and this is going to be for the macabre of our listeners. The dark history. The dark, not necessarily a dark, well, I mean, it would be a historical fact in this scenario. Uh, but, yeah, this thing that I'm looking up uh, is definitely going to appeal to the darker in nature. Okay to our potential listeners. Um, I am currently searching to see if anyone has ever been killed by a candy cane. Oh, I'm sure. I've seen those movies. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've seen candy canes being used to kill in... I mean, because... Black Christmas, Jack have, Frost. Have you personally, like, I mean, whenever you're eating a candy cane, I'm sure you've Almost shaped it into myself. a point. Oh, yeah, as a kid. The multiple times as that you, a kid, I was oh, like, it's a, it's a sword. Ha, ha, ha. To, yeah, I could get sugary sweetness and defend myself at the same time. So yeah, I mean, it's almost like the the. It's a sugar shank. <laughs> That's a good, a good terminology for it. Um, but no, the thought process similar to like an icicle. How you can if get you away wind with up, yeah, stabbing someone with an icicle, it winds up melting. Same no thing with, yeah, there's no fingerprints just if you eat, were to stab somebody with a candy cane. Clean it off and eat it. If you sharpened a candy cane enough and stabbed someone to death with it, would the blood melt all of the sugar, leaving no obvious evidence of the weapon? Um, more than likely not, but like you just said, there is the possibility of you then being able to just clean the blood off of it and then just eat, eat the, the candy cane. Uh, especially if there's one that you can get a hold of mm-hmm. with the largest one being 51, 51 feet. <laughs> I'm sure you could probably get one that's it like a, 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 a foot and a half long yeah. and you could get it shaped into a a, a, yeah. a point and, and potentially be able to use it as a weapon. The candy cane Now, uh, I am currently on Reddit. Oh. Uh, how we started one of the... It's a, it's or started fun, the episode as... Uh, it's a fun place to be. AITA. Um, but according to a thing on here is that a woman stabs a man with a candy cane and receives the chair for her crimes. This um, is like... But this is on Reddit, so I'm not entirely sure if this may be just basically... Fan uh, fiction. Yeah, some sort of fan fiction or something like that. But just the possibility. I mean, in essence, yes, it could potentially be done. 
but most of the time it seems to be uh, more fiction ah, than fact. I'm sure a lot of people have choked on candy canes. However, uh, coming out of Texas, not a Florida man story, but Texas, and in this case it is a woman. Texas woman. A New Mexico woman is facing charges after police say she stabbed a wheelchair-bound man in the eye with a plastic candy cane. So not a regular candy cane, but a plastic candy cane. A woman apparently wound up is facing uh, assault charges after assaulting her boyfriend with a candy cane. Um, this, (laughs) This is in Arizona. What is the West, the Southwest doing? Uh, jobs. That's not how you do candy canes. But yeah, um, more everything else. Fiction. Is, is, is more fiction. What yes. if? You probably could. Could you? Uh, so, supposedly a 15-year-old charged with second-degree murder in Canada for having killed someone. Well, the Canucks are killing with, a, with candy canes. Good Lord. But yeah, most everything seems hey. to be more fiction than anything else. Uh, and likely because just the fact that even if you were to get a candy cane sharp enough to pierce through the skin, the likelihood of it breaking almost instantly yeah. whenever it, it contacted the skin, yeah. even if it is at a point, is more than likely going to break yeah. off at some... Because it has to have, for something to truly stab someone, you have to have some solidarity behind it yes. as well. Uh, Which so is why you'd have to get a, a larger candy cane, but yeah. Uh, for those of you, yes, people have uh, inflicted some serious wounds, uh, but for the most part, no. No one has okay. actually ever died other than in fiction from being stabbed by a candy cane. Well, speaking of the macabre, i got to give a shout-out. My wife's, uh, one of my favorite wi- my wife's favorite. One of your favorite uh, wives? One of my favorite wives, since I'm Mormon. One of my wife's favorite podcasters slash vloggists is Bailey Sarian. And she does, like... Her big thing that got her started on YouTube was putting on her makeup while talking about dark history or true crime. Okay. Blew up. Everybody loved Bailey Sarian. Well, now she has like a podcast called Dark History Of. Okay. And so every Christmas she does, every December she does like a dark history of this. Of okay. this. Where, the dark history, the macabre behind it. So um, if you do love macabre stories behind your everyday favorite things like either Christmas stuff or Thanksgiving or Halloween, check out Bailey Sarian. She does the work, she does the legwork, and she finds out you would be shocked at what some of your favorite loving, bubbly things actually came about because of a rather dark story or tale. So, yeah, definitely check out Bailey Sarian uh, if you if you love the macabre. So not to try to drag this out much longer... <laughs> Because we've already had the, I guess, the second encore, as it were, for this episode. Needless to say, go check her out if I want to know if someone met their finality by a Furby. Uh, yeah, I'm sure she's found out. <laughs> and I don't know why I went with that one. It was just something that was, you know, yeah, would be one of the least likely things that I could would, be, you know. Well, I would... I would believe a Furby killing someone before a candy cane. Those things were terrifying. Either that or a Teddy Ruxpin. Yeah, I was terrified of Furbies. We had one of the first gen ones, and this thing was possessed, I'm telling you. 
Uh, but yeah, this has been an eye-opening. Learned a lot about candy canes. Our second in our road to learning more about the legends of the season. Why certain things at Christmas time come about. We did the legwork so you don't have to. You can just listen and you've learned new trivial pursuit facts about candy canes and possibly the reason to put you on a trivia team. You learned at Between Two Barrels Podcast. So, thank you for tuning in and you're welcome for the knowledge. Uh, As we said uh, in our um, earlier episode this week, uh, we are getting near the end, the deadline for online orders to get to you by the Christmas uh, holiday. Uh, that is going to be the 13th. Please get all online orders in by the 13th of December. That is the last possible day that we can most likely guarantee you will you will have your order by before Christmas Eve. So make sure you get those orders in. We are still running that 40% off all orders, $50 or more. Uh, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Studio 66. Check out tldstudio66.com, the website for all further information, friends of the of our podcasts, more information about Tennessee Legend Distillery, and much, much more. Final note, if you are a Peppermint Mocha fan, if you are going to be visiting any time during, uh, just before Christmas, after Christmas, before what would be uh, New Year's, and you want to make sure that you have Peppermint Mocha to last you quite some time, get it multiple bottles it is a full-fledged seasonal now once we hit uh february at the end of february it is done we will not have it back again in the store until the following december so make sure that if you are going to be coming in and you want to get uh peppermint mocha to stock up then yes definitely stock up make sure that you get it absolutely well that's about it for me below how about you I got nothing else until the next episode. Absolutely. So take care of yourselves out there. Take care of each other. And as always, cheers to you, legends. Thanks for listening to another episode of Between Two Barrels. We hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information about what's happening with any of the Studio 66 shows, make sure to like, follow, subscribe, click the thumbs up, whatever you have to do to make sure you get your fill of this legendary content. To do so, search Studio 66 on Facebook or Instagram, or the Studio 66 playlist on YouTube from Tennessee Legend Distillery. You can also subscribe to our Patreon channel, patreon.com slash tldstudio66, for additional content for all of the Studio 66 shows, as well as gifts from the different Studio 66 podcasts and Tennessee Legend Distillery. And if that wasn't enough, you can also visit our website, tldstudio66.com, where you can find links to all of the shows and podcasts, as well as merchandise for all of the individual podcasts. And don't forget to sign up for our newsletter. Heck, you can even leave us a voicemail if you like via SpeakPipe, or send us an email at tldtube23 at gmail.com. However you go about it, make sure you don't miss out on getting even more legendary info about the studio, as well as the distillery from Studio 66, presented by Tennessee Legend Distillery.